0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
1: T's and C's apply New South Wales, authorisation number TP slash 01005.
0: On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. Here it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was.
1: In your life have you seen anything like that?
0: Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone. It is the Clubhouse. Great to have your company right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you as we talk all things golf. Marco, welcome to you, mate. G'day, Jules. Plenty happening in the world of golf. Plenty
1: happening at the moment. Kyle's only had a win and that's interesting. His second win. Uh, But there's a bigger story just bubbling away, mate.
0: You've come in fired up.
1: Well, this
0: particular one,
1: Annoys me. Mm-hmm. It does annoy me because of the ramifications. Yep. You don't bring in rules and then not put them on the table for everyone to adhere to. Mm-hmm. You don't let them get you don't let them fester to this stage. Yep. So are we gonna do this now off the top of the uh, show or do you I, reckon we're gonna wait?
0: I don't think we can hold you back any longer, can we?
1: No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, what so Bernard Langer has what's been happened? doing. What Bernard Langer's been doing, well, mm-hmm. the anchored band. When the anchored band came in, uh, in what was it, twenty fourteen? When that anchored band came in, you weren't allowed to broomstick your putting or you weren't allowed to use a belly putter. Uh, When that came in, it was fantastic for the game. Absolutely brilliant for the game at the highest level. Where it fell over, Jules, was that it stopped people from playing golf locally. And I hate that. So there needed to be a bit of purification right from the very, very start to where if you are playing a scratch event, whether it's the club championship, the state amateur championship, or a professional tournament Mm. at a really high level, then those tournaments where there's no handicap involved, you are not allowed to anchor putter. Yep, fair enough. But let's face it, mate. Some people get the heebie-jeebies with the putter. (laughs) And they need to do it. (laughs) And they need to do it so that they can enjoy themselves on a golf course Mm. so they can get out and play. Yep. You know, whether they use the belly, whether they use the, you know, Peter Senior version the way he did it for many years and Sam Torrance and Bernard Langer later in his professional career. That's fine with me because if you are a 15 marker putting normally, yep. uh, if you go to the anchored putter, then you automatically become a 10 marker, so it might save you five shots around. And the handicap helps you there. That's good. It's good so for that golf. That's, that's good, good for, for golf. golf. And we get people out playing. Tick. Correct. And we look after our fellow golfers. Because you know, once you get the golf bug, it's hard to get rid of it. That's right. The only way you get rid of it is if you get the yips, or if you just can't hit the ball anymore. That's the only way you lose the golf bug. So here's a way of keeping it. But what we have seen, mm-hmm. particularly around Bernard Langer, yep. and there's another guy called Scott McCarran, yes, who's been uh, very prominent lately in the on and the seniors tour. And they play
0: still. on the uh, seniors tour.
1: Yes. Or the PGA al- tour. Champion. There's also a young fella, and I don't. know He's not a young fella. He won the Mid Amateur Championship. Who yes. beat Curtis Luck? He did too at the Masters. Oh, was I was I filthy. Yes. at the time. Yep. Because you know why I was filthy? Because this, this, you know, they're playing for sheep stations. They literally are. Yep. You had Curtis Luck wins a US Amateur. Curtis Luck wins the Amateur, the Asian Amateur Championship, mm-hmm. and now just to finish off that CV, he gets into the Masters, and here's his chance to be the leading amateur at the Masters as well. And that's taken away from him because somebody's not playing by the rules. In fact, that's wrong, because they are allowing somebody not to play by the rules. So, so I don't bl- I don't blame Langer, and I don't blame Scott McCarron. and I don't blame this kid who's the leading amateur at the Masters. I blame the people who brought the rules in. Yeah, it's shameful what they're doing. Bernard Langer, what is he now? He's either tied Jack Nicholas's senior major championship record. Or he's about to go past it. It's one. It's one or the other. Or yep. he's tied it, or he's gone past it. It's one or the other. Yeah.
0: So how are they getting away with it? Is, this the, is it that key word, Marco, that everyone talks about—that intent? That that's what everyone's talking about. In that's The right. specifics of this rule is if you have an intent to not anchor, yep. and you accidentally might be holding your shirt, yeah. Well, look, then I'll you tell can you get away with it.
1: I implore people, if you've got the chance, if you, if your hands free at the moment and you can, you know, someone's driving the car or you're at home. Google new putting anchoring laws. Yeah. Because it shows what's acceptable. Yeah. And what is acceptable, the only thing that's acceptable in this picture is that the bicep is not connected to the chest or the mm-hmm. rib cage because that is considered anchoring. Yes. And certainly the hand is not, not anywhere touching near anything, touching your shirt. The shirt not touching the sternum, yep. not touching your chin. It's just, it's not touching. Yeah. It's got to be absolutely free. That's right. And what we've seen Bernard Langer do since this is creep. He's crept, he crept, he crept. Now, at the start, he just kept his bicep close to his ribcage, yep. which the USGA and the RNA told us when it came out was not allowed. That's right. But they let him get away with it because there is this one little rule in mm. there. It says you're allowed to brush your shirt accidentally. Yep. Now, come on.
0: <laughs> and the thing with- What a joke. What an that, absolute joke to put that in the rules. The thing with Langer is that his practice strokes, which you're allowed to do whatever you want- yeah. He anchors, he anchors, that's and right. then he pretend, he yeah. moves it away. But sometimes, sometimes, no, 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 no. no. it just all, sticks on there.
1: That's right. So people have been watching, yep. and people have quietly got madder and madder at madder. We're just waiting for the USGA to pull them up. Or the, or the you know, where it is, the US Champions Tour. Yeah abhorrent behaviour. How how they can do this? Because like mate, there is there is money involved. Like Bernard Langer oh, doesn't millions, need the cash. Millions involved, mate. But there's there are other guys who need it, who are fifty years old, who didn't yep. make as much money as Bernard Langer through their life. That's right. Who are being, you know, a hundred thousand dollars taken out of their kick. If Bernard Langer puts like this and wins a tournament and keeps them out, that changes what they do for the rest of their uh, you know 100,000 might they might buy them a condo in the states and they can live <laughs> off that rent money correct for the rest of their life but the champions tour rules officials have watched and let this happen for way too long and it has taken social media how about that it took some couple of blokes tweeting it social media and yeah. now people are filming what they see on the television screen blowing it up and putting it out there and sending it to people like Brandel Chambly. Now, yep. if you don't know who Brandel Chambly fantastic is, folks. Fantastic article. Brandel Chambly is the go-to man. He's basically the anchor of the Golf Channel, one of the yep. most successful cable networks in America, right. if not the most successful cable channel in America. Mm. And he's the anchor.
0: Yep. He's written he, a brilliant article at he? golfchannel.com. Oh, fantastic.
1: All but, about it. And I know. I, I, I haven't seen the article. I'll put this on
0: our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the clubhouse.
1: So... They've tweeted out Bernard Langer, an eagle putt somewhere. Now, I don't know why this is the case, Jules, but quite often, even at the highest level, you get a 10-foot eagle putt in a tournament, you get a bit nervy. Mm. And he clearly, in this nervous state, has put his thumb into his sternum and made a stroke. So no one's picking it up. No, you you don't have any Champions Tour players not signing cards, Mm -hmm. which is what you do in this situation. You probably go up to Bernard. So if you were playing with him, you'd go, I'm not signing that. If Bernard Langer had his thumb on his sternum on the first hole and putted like that, on the way to the next tee, (laughs) it is your duty as a professional golfer not to look after yourself, but to protect the field. That's one of the great things about golf and professional golf at the highest level is that we oversee the rules of the game yep. because there's only three or four or five or six officials roaming around the course. So it's up to you when the officials aren't around to watch what's going on. So in in my if I was there, I'd tell Bernard, I'd say, Bernard, I just saw you anchor on that hole yeah. and I'm not going to sign your card mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yep. Now, there'd be a big blue. For the rest of the day, oh, you wouldn't you speak, imagine? and you'd lose a friend. Mm. Bernard Langer, he'd never, he'd never speak to you ever again. Yep. But the rest of the field would come and shake your hand afterwards, and they would say, "Thanks, Jules. Thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate well it. It's well played. It's Was been going it might on. It's been too awkward long. for eight holes.
0: That's it. Oh, no. it's awkward for <laughs> yeah. the
1: rest of the time, mate. When you're calling someone, when you're calling someone
0: a cheat, that's what you're yep. doing by saying, "I'm not signing your card." Yeah. But everyone, it needs to happen.
1: What's got to happen? happen?
0: There's a fascinating part in this Brandel Chamblee article where he talks about the great Arnold Palmer when he was once playing golf and said uh, he wanted to check whether a mark on the green up to his two, he was playing partner. He said, is that uh, just uh, an error in the green, basically? Or a spike mark. Or is a spike mark or is a ball mark that I can fix? And he said, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. He goes, no, no, no. I don't want the benefit of the doubt. I want you to tell me Hmm. what it is. And because he wanted to make sure that he was playing... So I that's rules. Arnold Palmer was asking Brandel Chambly? No, he was asking uh, one of his uh, touring pro one of his I touring think Gil- pros, yeah. Gibby Gilbert might have been the, the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I like that from Arnold, and yeah. Arnold is great. When, yeah. when,
1: when I was playing on tour, if a player asked me once, I'd say, hey, I'd say, listen, if yeah. you were playing with me, a professional, and you said, hey, Mark, is this a spike mark or is this, is this a pitch or- can I fix yeah. this pitch mark? I'd look at you and I'd say, mate, you and I both know what pitch marks are, mm. and I trust you, Yeah, and that's it. But I'd still be watching. Yeah. I'd still be watching. Because what what players have done for a million years as well, the old spike marks when we all used to wear metal spikes, the metal spike would prick up a bit of grass. Yeah. That's a spike mark that you're not allowed to touch. But what you are allowed to touch is loose impediments. Yep. So what players used to do is that they would just rip it up. Mm. They'd go quickly rip it up and throw it away like it was a loose impediment. Now, that that went on for a million years. Yep. And it's impossible to pick players up on it. Mm-hmm. You can see that it might have been, but, you know, some spike marks, when the metal spike came out of the green, it would actually turn that spike mark into a loose impediment. It would just drift around. It, mm. it would blow around. Yeah. So you, you can't go people for it. So, you know, if, if you had enough hide, professional golfers would just rip it up and throw it away. Can't be questioned. Mate, it was a loose impediment. What are yep. you talking about? I just threw it away. Yep. So that, happened, that would happen a lot. But... What we haven't seen on the Champions Tour, we haven't seen anyone not sign Bernard Langer's yeah. card. Not Everyone's that we've been told, anyway. It. Just not to,
0: just letting it go. Not that we've been told. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In my, I only played
1: professional golf for fifteen years, and three times I wouldn't sign a card. Do you think? Yeah. Three times.
0: Mm. I said, no, mate. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I've seen you cheat. I remember you. I telling saw what story. you did. I saw <laughs> what you did over there.
1: It's a five. It's not a three. Yeah. It's a five, and there's your card. Mm. You sign that if you, once you sign for that once you sign for that five, I'll sign the card. And they go, "No, no." no. I was "Well, I'm not signing your card." And then there's a headache. No one has done that with Bernard Langer. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Can I tell you yeah. the, the, what, the reason I'm so passionate about this? And, and I, I get asked a little bit. The reason I'm so passionate in in 19 it all goes comes back to money, of course. Yes. In 1993, the Australian Masters, I came fifth. Yeah. Brad Hughes won the tournament, mm-hmm. who beat Peter Senior. They both had long putters. Yeah. Uh, and Terry Price came third. Now, this thing about broomstick putters had been going for a little while, but it just took off in 92 and 93. There were more Australian golfers using broomstick putters than per head of capita than any other nation. It's because our greens were so quick. Yeah. Now, when the greens are quick like this and the wind blows like it does in Australia... The nerve is the most important thing in golf. It is the only toughness in golf is how you hold your nerve. Mm-hmm. So we had these unbelievably quick greens that year at the, at, 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 uh, at Huntingdale. Uh, ridiculous. Like they were 14, 15 on the stint meter. And the three guys who beat me all had these long putters. So they they won, the three guys with the long putters. Yeah. Uh, Craig Perry came fourth. I came fifth. Greg Norman and Nick Price, who were number one and two in the world, they came sixth and seventh. Uh-huh. So it was a rip roaring tournament. So if my pro- my prize my money for the week was thirty thousand bucks. I ended up making, you know, with all the bonuses, cl- close to seventy thousand okay. bucks. But if they're not playing, if those three guys aren't playing, uh-huh. and it's all about nerve that week, then my check of thirty thousand dollars goes to one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Later that year, I had to go to the US Tour School. I had two hundred thousand bucks in my pocket to go over once, and I missed my tour card. But I got on the seconds, so I played eleven tournaments in the seconds in nineteen ninety four after nineteen ninety three. Eleven tournaments on that tour. They're only two hundred thousand dollar tournaments, and I was getting back in the day 30 percent uh, ripped out of my check. So basically, I'm the only. I was the only bloke in the field playing for a hundred and forty thousand a week. Yeah, I had eleven starts. I had uh, four top tens and one, one 11th. and I had to come home because I ran out of money. Hmm. So if things change a little bit, if there are no anchored putters, I don't run out of money that year. Yeah. And I was just warming into it. Maybe I'll get my card.
0: Yeah. Maybe a winner. Maybe a
1: winner tournament. Yeah. that that that's the, that's the unknown. And that's why I hate this situation where we have rules in place. We didn't have rules in place. Back then it's, it's legal. You're allowed to do it. But they took it out because it's too big an advantage to have a putter and a putting stroke that can't break down under pressure. Yeah. Because it's a long rod. It's just a
0: long rod. Yeah, it's just attached to you. A long steel rod, part of your body, can't break down.
1: Yeah, where wrists and elbows and shoulders, head moving around that that they can all break down. Anyway, what I don't like is if you've got a rule in place to protect players and the people there to enforce those rules aren't enforcing it, then a lot of wrongs have been done in the last twenty-four months Mm -hmm. since I've been noticing Bernard Langer not playing by the rules. Yep. I shouldn't say that. Since I've noticed that they've let Bernard Langer <laughs> not play by the rules. They, being the Champions Tour, the USGA, and the RNA. Shameful behaviour. Yep. There you go. Fight up. Well, you're ruining... Well, you know, you're, you're taking money out of people's... Imagine, yeah. like, you work here at Croc Media. Imagine you work your life away. Someone cheats one way or another or mm. doesn't play by the rules. Don't worry about you don't get your, you know... 10,000 bucks this week. You're only going to get 5,000 bucks. Yep. Because somebody else, you know, plagiarized. I don't I don't know. What make up whatever whatever scenario you mm. like. But you've done your work, you yep. deserve your money. When someone's not exactly doing what they're supposed to do, you still deserve your money. Yep. Look after the field. That's what golf's always been about. Yep. You look after your fellow player. You look after the game. The only people who aren't doing it in this situation are
0: the ones charged with looking after the game. It's disgusting. I'm going to get to a break. Plenty more clubhouse still to come. Marco's fired up. I'm glad he's got that off his chest. I'm going to go for a walk around. (laughs) Might as well.
1: Have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse.
0: Yeah, we're back. It is The Clubhouse. Great to be back right across Australia talking all things golf. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard with you. If you did miss any of uh, what Marco's already ranted about, anchored putting and a big rant. Bernard Lang... Uh, what? I thought I was making sense. <laughs> I'm not sure rant covers that off. It was a, it was a rant. <laughs> correctly. Yeah, look, I've done a couple of laps around the up. studio. I'm okay. You are fired back, up. I'm back in business. But you're back. Now, I've got a question for you, Marco. Yes? Because I... And one of those people who likes to be organized, but very rarely am organized. Oh, I think you're on reasonably the course, organized. On the, the time. When it comes to the golf course. Yeah.
1: and I, I'm, I think organization's
0: a big part of life in golf. Yes. So what do you want to know? I want to know. You've got a 9 a.m. tee off. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. tee time. Yep. Right. The- you roll up between sort of 8.20, 8.30, get your clubs out of the car. You're there right. half an hour before. You've had your... You had so you've got, got, you got 30 minutes. You've got 30 minutes Right. Okay. Right. before you play. Yes. What do you What do you do in that thirty minutes to properly warm up, properly get your eye in, get your head in the game, get right, so when you step up onto that first tee, bang! Righto. So two questions: Are we playing for sheep stations? Is it like a thousand a whole day, or (laughs) or are we? Just playing for lunch. It's a Saturday morning comp. Saturday morning comp, right? It's it, a Saturday morning. It's your, your so Saturday you morning to, comp. You're playing Stableford, but you're playing with three mates, so you're also having a little bit of an extra wage on. And let's game. just throw this in, and
1: you know your, your 20th card was a good one, and unless you play well today, it, it's yeah, out. going straight out. And you might go from singles to a, off 10. Yep. Righto. So rip through, make sure your shoes are clean. Do that the night before. Right. Do that the night before. I hate people turning up to the golf club. You feel, <laughs> you feel like you're going to play better when you look down and you see those shoes looking a million bucks. Yep. So let's, I'm assuming you've already done that. hmm Once you come through the gates, go and get your cart. Yep. Very important. Yep. Check your glove out. If your glove is garbage, get rid of it. Get rid of that fresh glove. Fresh glove. Go and get a fresh glove. This nice. is an important day. Nice. It's a really important day. Yep. If you have a driving range set up, Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go overboard. I don't want you to think, you know, don't be Jordan Spieth today. You don't want to put too much pressure on yourself. If if you are not somebody who prepares like Jordan Spieth on a regular basis, that's only going to hurt your game. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't have a practice session and get the sticks out and do all that sort of stuff. <laughs> if you can, all you need to do is grab a handful of balls and go hit some nine irons down the range. If you're lucky enough to have a net, just make 10 swings in the net with a five wood or a club that's really, really easy to hit. Or your driver, one or the other. Yep. But don't make you know. Don't go down the driving range, for instance, and start warming up with a three iron. <laughs> That's the hardest <laughs> club in the bag to hit. Warm up with a nine iron. Like when I when I'm playing and I want to play well, yep. I just I, I get a dozen balls from the driving range, um, and I go down and hit a dozen nine-nines. That's it. Now, you're not going to hit every shot perfect. I, I'm here to tell you, Jules. It doesn't happen very often maybe once in your whole Not life. Most of the time do that hit. doesn't happen. So you're going to miss some greens. Yeah. So what's important is to get the chipping right. This is yeah. very, very important. And get the distance right. Get a feel for the greens and and, 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 and make sure you know, if it's a little bit dewy, mm-hmm. what that first bounce is going to do. Because some greens, the first bounce it'll skid if it's a little bit dewy. Sometimes when the green has just been cut and the dew has been knocked off the green, so that green can sometimes become a little bit sticky. So have a few chips and take note of what that first bounce is going to do. Then take a few chips and bounce it on the part of the fringe where there is still dew, because the dew definitely, it's gonna skid and you're yep. gonna get a feel for that golf ball skidding. Mm-hmm. So chipping's a really important component of golf. If you're at a place where uh, the, the fairways are dormant and you're better off putting because it's really, off dormant, cooch fairways, it's almost impossible to get a good purchase on the ball all the time, so if you're at one of those places, I implore you not just to practice your putting and long putts, practice some long putts onto the green.
0: Yes, that's
1: really yes. important. Just to get a feel for it, because again, just like you know when yeah, you know, grass comes in so many different states, and if there is dew on dormant fairways, quite often sometimes you know it can the the dew can slow it up a little bit more before it gets onto the green. Yeah. So that's a really, really good one. Um, so what are we? That's 10 minutes worth right, right there. You've hit a dozen balls mm-hmm. with a nine iron. Yep. And now you've done a little bit of chipping or... While wearing your freshly clean shoes. Or putting <laughs> from off the green. Just yep. get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Then what's very important, go and practice your two and a half foot putts. Not your four footers, not your one footers, those two and a half footers. And make sure they go right in the middle of the hole. That's your That's your goal. Nothing feels better than actually getting over a two-and-a-half-foot putt mm. and knocking them straight in the middle. Absolutely. You, know, if you, 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 mm. get, you tend to get the heebie-jeebies when there's a little bit of hero about that two-and-a-half-footer. I'm too good to try hard on this two-and-a-half-foot putt. <laughs> but when you don't try hard on the two-and-a-half-foot putt <laughs> trying to look like a hero, that's when you normally miss. Yeah. So do the two-and-a-half-foot putt drill. On the putting green mm-hmm. and make sure they go right in the middle and take that mindset out with you on the golf course because if you miss a two and a half footer early your day's stuffed yep let's face it and you're going to be i'm not going to be confident the rest of the uh, day just ruined your whole day worried yeah but the beautiful thing about the two and a half foot drill is if you can hold it tw- if you can put a two and a half foot putt in right in the middle then you pretty much can put the three and a half footer right in the middle and at a stretch the four and a half, five and six foot putts Bang. will go in. So just getting a a real feel for the two and a half foot. You know the other thing that's great about the two and a half foot drill yep. is that if you have a quick backswing, you just you're going to pump the ball by a million <laughs> a million miles. The two and a half foot drill teaches you and trains you to have a slower backswing, and that slower backswing then you can attack putts. How bad is the feeling on the Saturday when the greens are looking beautiful, mm. freshly cut, all set to go, and you feel like you can't attack putts? It's because your backswing's too quick. Yep. So again, the two and a half foot drill, do it for five minutes. Make sure they all go right in the hole. Don't don't stop until you are satisfied that they are all going in the middle at perfect pace. Yep. Because this doesn't help you just for the two and a half footers. Like I said before, it helps you on the Five, six, sometimes even the eight footers, and if you get in the habit of a nice slow backswing, that helps you everywhere. That's right. Not super slow, but just mm-hmm. about right. You know, you don't want you don't want one of these people <laughs> with a really you don't slow, be just really just nah, creaking. That's back. no, that's <laughs> no good either, Jules. But you want it. You want the backswing to be slow enough to where you can accelerate. Yep. And feel like you're attacking putts because let's let's face it. Go back and have a look at Sevy. Tiger, Jordan Spieth. It looks like they're hitting these mm. putts kind of hard, but their ball always goes the right speed. It's because their backswing is slow enough to where they feel like they're accelerating on the follow through. If you've got a quick backswing, then sometimes you feel like you can't go quick and yep. accelerate through, and you've just got to ease and then through the ball, stopping on it, and then it's no good for anyone. As soon as you ease through the ball, uh, you know you're doing something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. So the two and a half foot drill mm-hmm. is key. Now, what do we got next? Well, basically, you've got 15 minutes before yep. your tea time, but you've got to be on that first tee five minutes beforehand right. just to shoot, you know, the stuff with your buddies because you've got to look cool. You can't. Turn <laughs> so, you're up. saying the last 10 minutes,
0: just have a chat.
1: The last 10 <laughs> minutes, don't look like you're trying too hard because yeah. the expectation of your round will go through the roof. Yes. So do all the hard work early in that first fifteen minutes. Yep. Maybe go and buy a packet of teas. Maybe go get your coffee. Yep. Maybe go, you know, go get a toasted sandwich. Mm. But don't drive the expectation up on your round of golf. You want to look cool, feel cool, <laughs> but be absolutely prepared for the serious stuff, which is rhythmical swings, which we covered off with the we nine eyes and five woods. You don't need to hit them hard to get them in the air. That's why you practice. That's why you do a small warm-up with mm-hmm. these. The other reason you have to do a big warm-up is because cause it looks like you're trying too hard.
0: Don't be that bloke who walks straight from the practice screen onto the first tee marker. That that's guy. what you're saying.
1: Don't be the guy who tries too hard before you play. <laughs> don't Just be the bloke who's easy.
0: walking to his bag on the first tee with the practice sticks that's and the it. alignment mirror and all that's that it. stuff. Do <laughs> the important
1: first stuff. Day. Hit a few chips because, you know... That's 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 it's good. It's, yeah, it's Let's face it. It's probably the only time you're going to practice your chipping for the whole week. That's right. So do those chips and do those putts where you're 10 foot off the green and 20 foot off the green, particularly in winter, because I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, those dormant fairways, the, the dormant cooch fairways, it's a health hazard to try and chip off them. It makes you look foolish a lot. Yes. People, you know, I, I play with some guys on Wednesday. I haven't played with these guys before. Uh-huh. You know, I just I just joined their group. In fact, it was Doctor Turf and Beza kicked me out of their group. Oh, of course,
0: he did. So they kicked. Did they me get out. someone they, better? Did they?
1: Yeah. They, well, I was supposed <laughs> to be playing with them, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So I've joined another group, and they're great guys. I was horrified. They're hitting sixty degree wedges mm. off tight cooch fairways. Tiger Woods and Seve Ballesteros wouldn't do that. Yeah. They wouldn't do it, <laughs> but because they watch TV and they see the pros using lob wedges and putting spin on the ball in America. They see that happening all the time. They go, well, I'm just going to do it. But the, the conditions that the pros are doing it off, this you know, beautiful rye grass that sits straight up in the middle of summer, you can't do that here. You know They're chipping on this grass where the ball is up, one, but two, they're able to hit the ball in the sweet spot on the lob wedge. Mm-hmm. When the ball is on this dormant cooch and sitting really low, you're actually, the sweet spot becomes the second groove mm. up the face, which is not the sweet spot. That's, that's something totally different. That's right. So, you know, I was horrified to see it. It happens a lot. I putt... I mean, I don't do any chipping practice anymore except for when I'm warming up for a round. Uh-huh. And I'm putting from everywhere off Dormant Fairways. Yeah. I mean... You,
0: you know, are a big putter off the green. I like it. Yeah, well, it's, yeah.
1: it's the way to go. That's it. It's, it's sensible. Mm. That's what you would do. You, you, so you, you, we've got a British Open at Royal Birkdale coming up. Yes. You watch how many of the pros putt from off the off I'm looking you, forward you, to you seeing watch that it. actually yeah they part from miles off and it's because the fescue grass is cut really really, really low and they can't get their lob wedge underneath it mm-hmm. that's the only reason if if it was a different grass that they had on those golf courses like if they had the rye grass on a golf course over there they'd all be chipping yeah so it's what they do is matched to the conditions and the lie that they have so like i said Watch what happens at Royal Birkdale. Some of the Americans will chip because it's just nature. You watch the guys who can play on those golf courses. They all putt. They all putt from off the greens. Yep. Did we saw? remember Martin Keimer? Martin Keimer won a US Open at uh, Pinehurst, and he famously putted from everywhere off the greens. Yeah. And it was one of the very first US Opens, that US Open at Pinehurst that that he won. Um, remember the conditions? They had sand in the rough instead of the long rough. And around the greens, they had tightly mown greens and they're like upside-down sources. Yep. Pinehurst, absolutely famous for that. Martin Keimer that week won by four or five shots. He putted from off the greens at every chance he got and he beat the rest of the field doing it. And he said afterwards that he practised all week. Yep. He hardly hit a chip. <laughs> he putted from off those greens because it was the type of setup required and the best percentage chance to get the ball close. And that's why I say... Off the greens, putt every chance you get, folks. At the very least, it's a seven 9 mm. Don't try and hit a lob wedge or a sand wedge or a mid wedge <laughs> or a pitching wedge. Don't do it. That could be my number one problem in golf. Mark. If you're not, <laughs> if you are not practicing it all the time, and you know not many people do. Yeah.
0: If you get a chance to putt, putt. Love it. Twenty minutes, thirty minutes. If you got that this week, there's your there. routine. And how about that? Right you, there.
1: You got thirty minutes to get ready, and fifteen minutes of that is
0: just, just hanging out, hanging out, and being <laughs> cool. Good. How yeah, good. That's how you do it. Be Don't cool. put expectation Number on your rule. end. Be Last cool. thing to do. <laughs> Got to get to a break. Plenty more Clubhouse still to come.
1: In your life have you seen anything like that?
0: You're listening to The Clubhouse. You certainly are. This is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you as we talk all things golf. Marco, this yes. week I yes. was uh, just going through my golf bag. That, hey, now that's not a bad exercise yes. for people to do from time to time. Rare. Because... <laughs> You can, yeah, yeah, again, especially again. when you're carrying your clubs. I'm glad you said this because I told you before that I
1: play with some guys i never played with, yeah. So I, I've just got my carry bag, and every once in a while, just to keep things moving, you know, I'd yeah. hit my drive, and then whoever got the last guy, I'd pick up their bag and I'd drag it along, yeah. I couldn't believe how heavy nice. some of
0: these bags are. What are they doing? So I've decided today, <laughs> we you had your top five last week of people who've. But you know, great yeah, finishes and yeah. hole outs to win tournaments. Hole, hole outs to win tournaments. So I've got a top ten today. Oh, see, so i this is a first. Yours. Yeah, I'm glad you've got. So you've you've got a list. I've got the top ten items. Right? Yes. If you don't have these ten items in your golf bag, you're not a true true weekend warrior. Oh, okay. So the, so golf the golf weekend warrior. This you have to have this stuff in your golf. Must-haves. bag. Must haves. Must haves in your bag. Righto. Number ten. Ice pocket with a stubby. <laughs> no, <go> on. <laughs> Number ten. At least thirty AA batteries that are all flat from your GPS.
1: Right. So this is. A, so I'm getting the tone of this. Yeah. I'm getting the tone of this after the first question. Very good. Yep. Those little half batteries that are hard to find. That's too. right. Where do you get
0: them from? I'm not sure. They always appear in your golf bag. Though. Where do you buy Bunnings or? Something like right that. Nice. All yeah. Right, so that's number 10. How, yeah. many, how many do you reckon? A dozen? Uh, at least a dozen. At least a dozen. Yeah. It does. yeah. Two, that's right. Flat batteries. They're filling up one of those little side pockets yes. in your bag. Number nine, uh, at least a dozen really crappy, dirty golf balls that you hit when you've got to hit a provisional. Yes. And you're not really wanting to pull out a fresh pill. They're the ones that you find in the rough that yeah. have been plugged for 15 <laughs> years. Right.
1: And somehow you've just seen the top of it. And you dig it out yeah. and you still throw it in the bag. Yeah. I've seen people do that. That's right. Yeah. And Doc, when you've got to hit a provisional, you Dr. hit the Turf, em. I hope you're listening.
0: And then if you somehow hit a provisional and make par, you, <laughs> you finish your round with that ball because you're happy with it.
1: <laughs> right. So, so far, we're up to almost half a kilo of extra That's weight right. in your bag with yep. all the
0: batteries and a dozen balls. Yep. Number eight. Yeah. Somewhere between $30 and $40 worth of coin shrapnel <laughs> that you've got in change. You've just thrown into the side of it. <laughs> And it's all in there. And yeah. you might be using one of the 20-cent coins or the 10-cent yeah, coin as a yeah, ball marker, Yeah, but there's a lot of money in there. Yeah, right. There's a lot of money in there. So this is this is a Weekend Warriors bag for sure. That's Next. Right. Uh, number seven, Marco, yeah. I'm going with a whole bunch of worn-out spikes. So you've replaced old. your spikes. And, he didn't and you didn't throw them in the bin. And you didn't throw them in the bin because you were halfway around the course. You couldn't find a in bin. In case you lose one. That's right. I'll have one of these old ones <laughs> to whack straight back in there. That's it. Righto. So the spare spikes that have been used. Yep. Righto. Nice. (laughs) Number six, the empty ball sleeves. These little cardboard (laughs) boxes of the three golf balls. Why do people do that? Why don't you just throw them out? You never do that. There's a rubbish bin on every tee. Mm. You could have thrown half this stuff out a hundred times, Weekend Warriors, but you haven't. Righto. eh. Yep. So that was what number six. That's number six. Number five, five. To go. Go. Top. This is the top five. Right. A heap of broken tees. A heap of broken tees. And like a whole, you know, you got the little zip pockets yeah. in your bag. Yeah. That if one of them's not full of broken tees. Yeah. yeah. You're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the old plastic tees too. Oh yeah. No one's. Yeah. You know, people only use those plastic tees
1: when they've run out of the cool wooden ones. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
0: And you've always got heaps of those tees that have the distance that, that should be plugged into the ground like oh, a little yeah, marker yeah. on it. They used to be great when yeah. you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, they were good. But you always got them, but you never use them. <laughs> yeah, righto. That's good. Uh, number four, sunscreen that was made pre-2000. <laughs> Bravo. I think I might be guilty of that one. I might be guilty of that one. And then when it's somehow one. the sun comes out in summer and you've got to put something, you go, gee, I oh, this has still got some sort of SPF in it. Yes, very good. But you still use it, marker. Yes. You still use it. Number three, yeah, scorecards from some famous course you played Maybe five years ago that you yes. didn't want to throw away the card, the card from the Australian Golf Club. Yep. Or Hope Island, Hope Island had been there, and I reckon, I
1: reckon if you played Barn Boogle in the last ten years, that's it. There'd be one card from Barn Boogle
0: or, or, or something. Yep. In the bag that's still there. Yep. What are we up to? Number two, That's top two. An old crusty golf glove that yeah. you thought, you know what? I'm that, not getting rid of that. That's your spare. <laughs> that's your spare. <laughs> Maybe two of them, but there, you put them on and yeah. you're like, oh. What's going? on here? And it's got the hole in the thumb. Yes. Yeah. And and you've it's put it on so many times that the actual the velcro, uh, velcro
1: is, is stretched so far it doesn't even hit the pad anymore. It goes half the pad
0: straight over it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Just good work.
0: And the number one item, Marco. The if you number don't have one. This, you can't call yourself a true weekend warrior, at least six to a six to <laughs> ten tomato sauce dispensers (laughs) that you've left in your zip pocket from the pie and sauce after nine holes at the halfway house magnificent jewels, yep. and they were all in my golf bag <laughs> when i cleaned it out this can one. i give out an apology please yes
1: uh, they, we, i mean those top 10 are, we, yep. we, i want to apologize to all the empty Airegard cans out oh, there. Yes. oh
0: yes i should have that in
1: that have been yes. sitting in the bag there yep. and also there might an apology, be a Gatorade tiny little bit left and you've yep. used it, but you'll keep it in the bag yeah for next summer yes yeah for next summer <laughs> the, the, the first time that fly, first, fly, first appears fly appears
0: in summer yeah. you've got that tiny little bit Bravo, yeah, Jules. And also the Gatorade bottles and water bottles and everything like very, that very that's always good. in there. Very good. Well done. A break. Masterclass is next. Masterclass. Yeah, each and every week we get a free golf lesson from Mark Allen to finish the show. If you do want to go back and have a listen to any of Marco's Masterclass, just search for the Clubhouse Golf Show on iTunes. It goes up every what, Saturday morning, Marco. You can have a That's listen it. to it across the weekend and uh, download all your favorite podcasts and get all the tips from Mark Allen. Here's you can his listen Masterclass. On the way to, you
1: can listen on the way to golf on a Saturday morning. That's it. Uh, once you've done your 30 minutes and you understand what's <laughs> going on. Righto, Jules. Uh, Kyle Stanley, I've read about this guy. He uses his glove hand as his steering wheel, which is correct. Famously, Colin Montgomery, who I don't like very much, but was <laughs> the greatest hitter of a golf ball that I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Famously, if, if he wanted to hit a fade, he would uh, he he'd turn his glove so he couldn't see the make of the glove. Mm-hmm. So he basically put the thumb right on top and he would hit a fade. And if he wanted to hit a draw, he would turn his left hand so he could see the maker of the glove and swing away and that would make the ball uh, draw. Very, very simple. So fade, thumb on top, you hit the fade. Turn the hand so the palm feels like it's on top. It's the draw. Kyle Stanley used to do it, does it as a pro. Mm -hmm. Colin Montgomery does it. For all those people out there who hit fades and they don't know how to stop hitting a fade or a slice, I almost guarantee that at the top of your swing, your club face is really, really open. Very, very open. The only way you fix this, it's not through technique. It's not through bending the wrists a different way, it's from that glove hand. Your glove hand or your top hand on the golf club, left hand, you turn it to where you can fully see what time it is if you're wearing a watch on your left hand, or you can see the Callaway or the TaylorMade or the Nike, whatever brand of glove you're wearing. You've got to be able to see that brand as clear as day. Now if you're doing that, if, if you if you're hitting fades and you've hit fades your whole life, like I said before, I almost guarantee it's because the club face is too open at the top, yep. too open halfway down, and as a consequence is still open at impact. That's why you hit that's why you hit fades. So instead of trying to change your wrist action, just change your grip. Mm-hmm. Just do what Colin Montgomery, do Kyle Stanley, just do the switch. Turn the left hand. Start to be able to tell the time. On top, you've got to be able to see what time it is. Yep. Or you've got to be able to see that you're wearing a tailor-made glove. One or the other. Nice. Simple, 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 kit. simple. Most people actually have good enough swings to hit the ball straight all the time, but they've got really bad grips. You know You know the golf grips, You know, you get an old set of clubs has got the pad. Yeah. It's got the little markings where you think you should put your thumb. Yeah. That thumb pad on those grips from yesteryear have made teaching professionals... Right around the world, millions of dollars. Yeah. Because people just assume your thumb goes on top. (laughs) It's not the case, folks. It is not the case. Make sure you can see the glove. uh, What Make it is. Make sure if you're wearing a watch, make sure you can see the time just a little bit. And you will be a straight hitter instead of a
0: slicer. Perfect. Easy. Done and dusted. Like it. Next week, Marco. Yeah. uh, British Open. Uh, Any chance we can get Bernard Langer on the show next week? Do you reckon he'll come on? I don't
1: think so. Doubt it. No. (laughs) I don't
0: think you so. Do you have to listens to the show?
1: I don't know. Maybe we can get a Champions Tour official?
0: Yes. Can we get a champion Or a
1: USGA know. official? Just someone to Or someone from just the, just the RNA? Someone
0: to calm you down because you're fired up. Oh, they won't calm me down. No. <laughs> I'll ask a few questions. You will. See you, buddy. I'll see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game?